This will be my last Wednesday at first. I've been doing it for 10 years. I calculated that I've probably given 400, roughly, um, homilies, talks, sermonettes, whatever, whatever this is. And uh, I've told many folk, including my colleagues uh, on the ministerial staff, that uh, I prefer this occasion to Sunday. Um, it's a relaxed atmosphere. You, you can, uh, you've had a good meal, you're in a good mood. Uh, Sundays, not so much. You missed breakfast, you didn't get coffee, you're kind of grumpy. Um, but but uh, these Wednesday occasions are, are wonderful. I, I don't know how we would cope if it grew any more. Uh, it wouldn't quite be the same if we had to move into the family life center. Um, but I've enjoyed these immensely. Uh, this Wednesday at first was uh, designed by Dr. DeWitt to be an outreach to businessmen uh, in downtown Columbia, many of whom could walk here. But in order to attract businessmen, uh, the committee that put this thing together decided that they needed a better meal and charge maybe an extra dollar. And um, our seniors found out. <laughs> And I tell folk, it's probably 80% seniors and 20% businessmen in town, which is fine. And uh, now that I'm almost ready to call myself a senior, I've been, I've been in denial for a decade or more. Um, I can understand uh, coming here on a Wednesday and meeting your friends and going home for a nap. And... Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful rhythm, I think. Um, it seems appropriate, too. I, I'm out of sync with the six um, fr from the back page of your bulletin, this quotation from Jim Packer, calling this the Christian secret of a Christian life and of a God-honoring life. He said that we should take the following truths and say it over and over to yourself first thing in the morning, last thing at night, as you wait for the bus, anytime your mind is free and ask that you may be enabled to live as one who knows it, that knows it is all utterly and completely true. I am a child of God. God is my father. Heaven is my home. Every day is one day nearer. My savior is my brother. And every Christian is my brother too. And as you will recall, I was sick one Wednesday with, with the, the grunge that everybody else seems to have gotten. And um, I'm now out of sync. So I'm, I'm going to try and combine a little uh, of the last two. My Savior is my brother and every Christian is my brother too. And one of the reasons we sang John Newton's hymn, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds, it, it is possibly my, my favorite hymn. Um, Rock of Ages is certainly a favorite hymn. I, I quote nothing in my hands. I bring a lot. But, but um, this is a perfect hymn. 
And it begins with these wonderful words, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. But in verse 4, Jesus, my shepherd, brother, friend, my prophet, priest, and king. Jesus, my brother. And uh, I have a text uh, underneath um, the hymn, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds, is Hebrews 2 and verse 11. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. Now, source could be understood in two different ways. We are the, the one who sanctifies is Jesus. And those who are sanctified are us. And we both have one Father, one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. I think of Romans 8, uh, 29. Uh, in that marvelous uh, so-called uh, golden chain uh, William Perkins who lived in the late 1500s and died in 1609 um, wrote a book called The Golden Chain and it was based on this text that whom God foreknew he also did predestine it to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many Brothers, the firstborn among many brothers. Now that word firstborn has Old Testament connotations to it. And I think of Psalm 89 and verse 27, I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. The firstborn, of course, is Christ, the highest of the kings of the earth. And he is not ashamed to call us brothers. I think of that passage earlier in Romans 8, in verses 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, heirs, Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. That the Spirit, and we should probably understand that with a capital S, that the Spirit of adoption grants us a place in Jesus' family. Uh, my family are coming this week, which was a surprise. Um, thankful to the church for making that happen. And uh, my, my son will arrive on Friday, and my uh, daughter and son-in-law and, and the two grandchildren will arrive late on Saturday evening. And they will be here, my son will be here for a week, and, and the rest will be here for two weeks. And Rosemary had uh, plotted and connived behind my back. 
I have asked her a million times, do you know what's happening? And she didn't answer. <laughs> so we are going to the beach next week. And uh, we're going to be looking out over the magnificent um, um, Atlantic Ocean and um, in Polly's Island. Uh, we've booked a table at Frank's, which is going to cost me my pension. <laughs> and, um, but I can't wait because it's family. My, uh, my, my grandson has been texting, he's 15. And he calls me Pops, and uh, he must have texted 20 times, I can't wait to see you, Pops. Because they're family. Now, there are dysfunctional families, for sure. And there's always one member of every family that is, is a little difficult. And uh, at Thanksgiving, or Christmas time, you have one too. <laughs> and, um, but they're family. And you put up with it for a day. Uh, you may try to avoid them. And you don't talk about politics and other stuff. And, and you just go down memory lane. Do you remember when so, when so and so happened? Because it's family. And, um, I have a sister who's two years older than me and she's been retired for some time. She was a nurse and uh, she's been a widow for 30 years at least, more. And um, she's moving today to be closer to her daughter and grandchildren. And uh, we text every day. Every single day we text. And uh, it'll last for 10, 15 minutes back and forth and then it stops and uh, I, I love her because she's my sister I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had an education if it had not been for my sister uh, I, I would walk to the primary school and I would walk and then I would stop and I would sit down because I didn't like school I didn't want to go to school my sister would come back and drag me <laughs> to school I think of Mark 3, 32 and th uh, through 35, when a crowd um, is there and someone says to Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside and they're looking for you. And the people closest to him in this world would want to talk to you. And Jesus looking around that those listening to him said the most astonishing thing. Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Except what he's saying is that if you love Jesus... You're in his family. He's coming for Christmas. He's coming for Thanksgiving. My older brother is four years older than me and uh, was a career military uh, 
guy and a, a no-nonsense sort of guy. I was intimidated by him. Uh, when I was 13 and he was almost 18, he, he might as well have been 35. And I was bullied in school. Um, I, I was a little shy and awkward and in the men's room I was, I was bullied. And I told my brother. I won't tell you what my brother did to that person in, in the men's room. It was not pretty, but he came out wet, for sure. Um, I was never bullied again, because I had an older brother who took care of me. Just as you have an older brother who takes care of you every single moment of the day, no matter what the scenario, no matter what the situation, he's there to protect you. You are members of a royal family. I love being able to say that. To a republic. <laughs> that you can't help it. But that you, you, you have royalty in your blood. Your elder brother is King Jesus. Who holds the universe in the palms of his hand. God has given us rebirth by his spirit and adopted us into his household so that we can call him Abba Father. There are two branches to this family. There's this branch that you can see, those who profess faith in Jesus. And then there's another branch that's upstairs, consisting of the church triumphant, and cherubim and seraphim and angels and archangels and the 24 elders whoever they are and whatever they are and it is God's intention to unite these two branches into one we have a big family my family is relatively small but, but some of you when you go to Thanksgiving you know, on that farm that you have, which I'm trying not to envy, <laughs> there are 70 people. Ken Wingate had 160 people at his Thanksgiving meal, all members of his family and his wife's family. Can't imagine. But here we are. We're a member. We have a big family. And it's very special. We join, according to the author of Hebrews, an innumerable, innumerable angels in festal gathering. Innumerable angels in festal gathering. That's, I, I, think, I think that realizing that, that we are in Christ a family with Jesus as our elder brother, transforms or it should transform the way we think about church right there are dysfunctional people in church too just as in our earthly families but they're family so when you go to church on Sunday when you sit in a pew and you look around and typically 
um, our church is full at both morning services and you look around and you say this is my family and they love me and I love them now the problem that we have is that we have two families the 830 family and the 1115 family and occasionally some of you will go who are 8.30 people will go to the 11.15 service for whatever reason and you say to me at the door who are these people? <laughs> I don't know these people well I say to them they're your family the other family the other half of the family I think that must be incredibly meaningful to those whose earthly families are dysfunctional I think that must be incredibly meaningful to a widow who has lost his or her loved one. I think that must be incredibly meaningful to a woman who has lost a mother who has lost her child. That she still has family. A large family. A family who cares and loves. Bridger Walker, this is from... Um, Daily, uh, our daily bread which I saw this week Bridger Walker was only six when a menacing dog lunged at his younger sister and instinctively Bridger jumped in front of her shielding her from the dog's attack after receiving emergency care and 90 stitches to his face Bridger explained if someone had to die I thought it should be me Plastic surgeons have helped Bridger's face heal, but his brotherly love evidenced in recent pictures where he's seen hugging his sister remains stronger than ever. Jesus will come to your aid. Stand beside you. Protect you, shield you. Strengthen you. Give you Courage. Implication number one that Jesus is our elder brother is that we have protection from our enemy. And the enemy is real. And he prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But Jesus will protect you. He'll stand by you. Every step of the way. Second implication is that you're never alone. Loneliness. I've only experienced loneliness once or twice before I was married. Uh, when I was in college. And I was in a dorm uh, of three or four hundred men, young men, and I was the dorm president or whatever, that, I can't remember the title of it. But I was the only Christian in the dorm and they knew that. And I experienced loneliness for the first time in, in my life. But some of you experience loneliness all the time because you're a widow and you go home to an empty house 
but it's never empty. When you open that door, Jesus is there, opening it from the other side. And you can talk to him whenever you like. Or you can just sit there and be quiet and know that Jesus is sitting there and being quiet beside you. Giving you his presence. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the elder brother that we have. And then, um, thirdly, the issue of inheritance. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. He will give you his estate. And what is his estate? What's the size of his estate? It's everything. It's the entire universe. Not just the part that you can see, but but the universe that you can't see. And it's all his. And you're going to inherit it. But there's a part of that verse that I didn't read. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Provided that we suffer with him. In order that we may be glorified with him. Ah, there's a sting in the tail. That the pathway to our inheritance, to our glory, has suffering in it. The road to our inheritance is narrow. And there are trials and tribulations and the enemy is prowling about and there's sin to mortify. Through many tribulations we enter the kingdom of God, Paul said at Antioch. But one day we will be glorified. We will see the glory that shines in the face of Jesus Christ in our brand new resurrection bodies made fit for that inheritance that we shall get in a resurrection body let me read to you what Paul says about that body someone will ask how are the dead raised with what kind of body do they come you foolish person What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but the bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. He's talking about the resurrection, and he's talking about animals and birds and fish. There are dogs in heaven. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. 
so it is with the resurrection of the dead what is sown is perishable what is raised is imperishable it is sown in dishonor it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body if there is a natural body there is also a spiritual body thus it is written the first man Adam became a living being the last Adam became a life giving spirit but it is not the spiritual that is first but the natural and then the spiritual the first man was from earth a man of dust the second man is from heaven our elder brother as was the man of dust so also are those who are of the dust and as is the man of heaven so also are those who are of heaven just as we have borne the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven those are rich rich words speaking of a glory that is to come because we are in union and communion with our elder brother who is king of kings and lord of lords Father we thank you for Christmas for the coming of the Lord Jesus into this world that you made him to be flesh and blood like us the last Adam to live and to die in our room instead to bring us all the way home again to heaven we ask for your blessing upon uh, this Christmas season and as family gathers and for times of great joy in the coming week and grant your blessing we pray that blessing that never fades of the presence of the Lord Jesus as our elder brother through every day and in every way for Jesus sake we ask it Amen <laughs>